0: Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Harris Cherokee Resort. Find us online at Caesars.com slash Harris dash Cherokee. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. And If you're watching on video, you can tell that today is a show... A little bit different than what we normally do. We are live here at SEC Media Days just outside the hotel in Hoover, Alabama. Georgia had its day yesterday. We're going to recap a lot of that with you throughout our time here today, looking back on some of the things that Georgia coach Kirby Smart, JT Daniels, Jordan Davis had to say when they had their time at the podium. We'll also look ahead at what's still yet to come for SEC Media Days here with Nick Saban, Alabama, kind of taking center stage and everything else over the course of the next couple of days there as well well also as you've come uh, accustomed to expecting here on a wednesday to hear from mike griffith mike was a part of some of the press conference proceedings yesterday and mike will tell us about some of the news that was broken for georgia involving uh good news with the status of eric gilbert not su- not surprising news necessarily that he was ruled eligible for the upcoming season but that's the expectation for georgia as communicated by smart yesterday so we'll talk to mike about that and some injury situation with the wide receiver room there as well we'll do a lot of that with mike griffith here coming up in just a moment we certainly appreciate your patience well, that's not patience that's the wrong word to use but i guess willingness to accommodate us a little bit different format or on the road but we thought it was appropriate to give you a chance to hear some of the big storylines that were discussed when Georgia had its time at SEC Media Days yesterday. And, of course, if you see the shirt that I'm wearing today, it's my SEC Country shirt. It's a reminder to you that we'll also be back live again this afternoon for SEC Country Live at 3 p.m. Eastern Time to look at the league as a whole and kind of what it's done here for this big event. I was thinking about this and talking to a friend about this yesterday that I believe I came to my first SEC Media Days in 2002. and. To be honest with you, I love the spectacle of this event. It's smaller this year. Just behind me, there's a grouping of some fans. When Nick Saban has his day, there's always a lot of Alabama fans that come to see him. There are other SEC fans for their team's various day, but nothing is bigger than the contingent that comes to see Alabama because Hoover is much closer to Tuscaloosa than most of the other SEC schools. It's smaller this year. That group of fans not allowed to be inside the hotel in the lobby where they would normally be. They're partitioned off outside the hotel seemingly most fans staying away because of that, but this is a reminder of something we didn't have a year ago, which is the pageantry and uh, really the, you know it's almost like hysteria mania that kind of surrounds an SEC media days. It's something that I enjoy. And when you see this play out over the course of a number of years, there are a few trends that start to emerge. There's kind of a life cycle that certain coaches go through. If you want to take me back for a moment, if you'll allow me to take you back for a moment to when I first started attending this event, think about a coach like Philip Fulmer being at Tennessee. This is a coach at that point in time, several years removed from his first BCS National Championship, his only BCS National Championship, but it came in the first year of the BCS in 1998. By the time the middle part of the 2000s arrived, when I first started attending this event on a fairly regular basis, you know, questions about would Tennessee get back to that point? What did Tennessee need to do? It's almost like by that point in time, some of those questions had started to subside. The tone of the questions that a guy like Fulmer was hearing at SEC Media Days, I think, was a reflection of what maybe was the erosion of the program from within there that folks had just kind of stopped asking about whether or not Tennessee would get back on top and win the national championship. And eventually the questions kind of moved to, well, who's the next coach after this there at Tennessee? And I think you see a similar thing ongoing. You know, maybe over the course of the last couple of years with Gus Malzahn, who's obviously not in this league anymore. He's head coach at UCF. But think about the last few appearances that Malzahn would have made at SEC Media Days. Far removed from his SEC West win in 2017, certainly his SEC title win in 2013, back during that era, What's it take to get over the hump and actually you know, be better than Alabama on a consistent basis? What's it take to get back in this rivalry with Georgia and, and do the things you need to do there? Those would have been very prominent questions for Malzahn during that era. But by the time Malzahn finished up his run at SEC Media Days, his last appearance here would have been in 2019. For the most part, you didn't really get those questions. Malzahn was just kind of an elder statesman coach in the SEC, someone that the media and fans had grown used to seeing but not necessarily someone that uh, you necessarily had a lot of pressing questions for. When are you going to break through? When are you going to have more success? For the most part, the media had just decided that simply for Malzahn wasn't going to happen. The reason why I think about all of that is because for a lot of programs, and this is probably where Georgia finds itself, Kirby Smart included, there's a frustrating nature to some of the questions you get at SEC Media Days. For Smart right now, it's, as we've talked about a lot on this show during the offseason. When's it going to happen? When are you going to break through? When are you going to win a national championship? When is that program going to take that next step? It's easy to imagine, even though we haven't been a coach at the SEC level, most of us haven't been players at the SEC level, it's easy to imagine how frustrating those questions can get from time to time. But when you think about the history of this league, When you think about the history of this event, SEC Media Days, I think one of the things that you realize is the only thing worse than getting asked a bunch of questions about when you're going to break through – when are you going to win a national championship is the moment when those questions stop being asked those moments when the program that you represent becomes so irrelevant that those questions don't seem to make a lot of sense anymore so from that standpoint i think georgia actually finds itself in a fairly envious position this is a program that matters when you see Kirby Smart speak yesterday, when you see JT Daniels, Jordan Davis speak yesterday, this is a program that brings a little gravitas into the room. Even if some of what follows Georgia into the room is unmet expectations over the course of the last couple of seasons, the fact that those expectations still exist is still the kind of thing that gives Georgia a level of cachet that other programs in the SEC, I think to this point, are still envious of. And of course, A lot of this for Georgia this year about taking that next step, having an end-of-season result in 2021 be different than it was in 2020, be different than it was in 2019, the last couple of years for Georgia. A lot of that, both spoken and unspoken yesterday, seemed to point to the person that mans the offense of the Georgia Bulldogs, the quarterback JT Daniels. As a way of recapping some of what happened yesterday at SEC Media Days, I put together a little montage of Kirby Smart and others talking about the frustration of not being in the SEC championship game a year ago, what needs to come next after that, and the role that JT Daniels could play in making all of those dreams come true for UGA. We're live here at SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama. This is Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. And here's a little bit of a recap of some of that conversation that took place during press conferences a day ago. Georgia begins its preparations for the 2021 season knowing that it ended the 2020 season where it didn't want to be, on the outside looking in in the race for the SEC East and the college football playoff, a fact that Kirby Smart readily acknowledged. We motivate
1: through intrinsic factors, and just the fact that we didn't win the East and didn't get an opportunity to play for it, that sticks with all of us. And uh, we know we've got enough talent to get that done, and any opportunity you get to go compete, it doesn't matter who it's against, where it is or when it is, you want to be at your best. And our guys are driven to do that. So I know that getting back to the SEC championship is one of the steps that you got to step to 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 be able to make the playoffs.
0: Of course, one of the reasons why Georgia's streak of winning the East for three consecutive seasons was broken last year was because of the injury to quarterback JT Daniels that held him off the field for much of the 2020 season, including the pivotal showdown against Florida, which ultimately decided the division. Daniels doesn't mince words when talking about how frustrating that experience was for him watching his teammates play without it. It was
2: difficult. Uh, I wasn't ready week one. I wasn't even cleared week one. You feel like you're ready mentally, but your knee's just not ready and it's just not working out for you at the time. It was strong adversity, which I think was important for my personal development and helping me put things in perspective.
0: Yet as Daniels works to strengthen his leg and prepare to be fully healthy for the upcoming year, certainly one of the things that Smart has noticed is the focus and determination, the dedication that he's shown along this process. Ron Corson, he said, I've never seen
1: someone beat me here for treatment every morning and he's here ready to go bright and early and a very diligent young man that worked really hard on his rehab because he wants to play football for a long time. Uh, He's very detailed in his dedication to rehabbing.
0: And with Daniel's knee injury seemingly behind him, now Smart's excited to see what he can do on the field now that he's fully healthy.
1: I'm excited to see what he can do this year. I think his growth has been more physical than mental although you're always growing as a quarterback mentally because you get experiences. He's a guy that's played a lot of football between high school, USC, and our place, but he's gotten his knee in better shape. He's gotten uh, more mobile and can move a little bit, and I think he's got a lot more confidence, and he's got a better relationship with the players around
0: Of course, with that anticipation for Daniels this upcoming season comes some hype, discussions about being possibly the best quarterback in the SEC. He is, after all, one of the few that's attending SEC media days this week, and maybe even beyond that. One of the top quarterbacks in the country, but as you might imagine, George quarterback J.T. Daniels does his best to block all of that out.
2: Something I don't really uh, think about. There's a lot of great quarterbacks, a lot of great players in the SEC. But one of the first things I learned since I got here is like, I don't care if you're a third stringer in the SEC.
0: If you're if you're playing football in this in this conference, you're a really good player. Something else that Daniels doesn't want to stop to take too much time to consider is the role that he might play this year in making this end of season feel better for the dogs than last season did those championship dreams and expectations that Georgia faces daniel say they matter but only so much at this time of the year
2: i would definitely say it's a goal and it's obviously something we want everybody wants to play for the conference championship and then the national championship. Like Everybody wants to do that, but it's not what we're focused on right now. At the time, we're really focused on our core DNA and our values, and we put so much time into the mental structure of this team. I'm really happy with where that's come. I think the biggest focus right now is just week by week, how are we preparing for August 1st? And when August 1st hits, it's how do we prepare for the end of camp? Then once the camp ends, it's how do we prepare for Clemson, then so on and so forth for the rest of the season after that, and we just take it week by week.
0: We're live here at SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama. My name is Brandon Adams. This is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. I want to respond a little bit more to some of what you just heard there from yesterday from – Georgia coach Kirby Smart and Georgia quarterback JT Daniels. But first, let me give a big thanks to my friends at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort for making all of this possible. You know, we travel on the road. You got to have Connor Riley on site to help help you produce. You got to have Michael Carvel back in our Dog Nation World Headquarters studios in Atlanta. You got all this equipment, everything else. These kinds of trips would not be possible. This kind of coverage of SEC Media Days would not be possible without our friends from Harris Cherokee Casino Resort who make the show possible on a day like this. And much the same way that Hoover, Alabama, just a short drive from my home in Atlanta to get here an even shorter drive from the Atlanta area is the wonderful Harris Cherokee Casino Resort properties whether it's the original Harris Cherokee Casino Resort or Harris, Cherokee Valley River, both of those great options give you wonderful casino gaming. The table games right there, uh, so much fun. The craps, the blackjacks, the slots, the the roulette, everything else. Also gourmet restaurants, world-class shopping, uh, a luxurious, very relaxing spa, which makes it a great getaway for everybody. You can play golf at Sequoia National. Entertainment options coming back here in 2021 now. And, of course, the book now open as well sports gaming returns to the mountains of Western North Carolina and the Harris Cherokee Casino Resort properties of course Harris Cherokee Valley River there as well you see the website on your screen you can check it out right now' caess.com slash Harris Cherokee. That's caesars.com slash Harris dash Cherokee. You can find out about great events coming up. You can sign up to be a Caesars Rewards member and just to take advantage of what's going to be a great summer and has been a great summer thus far at Harris Cherokee Casino Resort and Harris Cherokee Valley River. Let me say this really quick. And then I'm going to uh, give you an interview with Mike Griffith that I was able to record yesterday. I think that if you have a situation facing Georgia, like the one that you have right now where Georgia seemingly has everything, right? You know, Measured by former four- and five-star recruits, Georgia is like the second most talented team in the country, and they're only an eyelash behind Alabama there in that regard. Georgia has been so close to winning it all. SEC championships, as many as you want. National championships, certainly. The thing that has obviously held Georgia back, and this is tired, old news for UGA fans, but I'll mention it to make a point here. The thing that has held Georgia back is that dynamic passing threat the way the very best teams in the country have seemed to have which puts a lot of pressure on your quarterback in any given year, in particular here in 2021, understanding and knowing that's true. I don't think you could ask for a better personality to, sol- to shoulder that load than what JT Daniels brings to UGA here this year. I obviously played some of the audio for you a moment ago, both in terms of the very calm mindset with which Daniels approaches the upcoming season. You'll hear more of that in today's show there as well the tenacious mindset with which Daniels approached his injury recovery, which probably lasted a little longer than he probably wished it would. But Daniels just seems to be really good at something my grandfather used to always say, keeping it between the banks, not getting too far to the left side, too far to the right side. He just seems to be pretty good at that. So we all know the pressure that exists around Georgia. We've heard Kirby Smart say before that pressure is a privilege, but that's one of those things that obviously in life is much easier said than done. Approaching it that way is one thing. To actually endure it is another, and Daniels seems to be in the midst of enduring, and he doesn't seem to have felt any of the ill effects that come from the giant spotlight that shines on you when you're the quarterback at Georgia in a time and an era when quarterback play has never been more important. There are only a small handful of quarterbacks that have come to SEC media days here this week. JT Daniels is one of the three. When you see him perform yesterday in front of all these microphones, you get a great sense for why Georgia and Kirby Smart in particular felt comfortable bringing him and putting him on this stage. So we've got a lot more coming up for you as far as what went down at SEC Media Days for the Dogs yesterday. I want to dive a little deeper with some of the other news for a moment. The status of Eric Gilbert. Good news from Kirby Smart on that a little bit of an injury concern possibly with Karis Jackson, and a lot more from everything yesterday. Normally on a Wednesday, we let you hear from Mike Griffith. Want to do that for you again here today. It's an interview that I recorded last night, but it very relevant about everything said about UGA during SEC media day. So take a look and a listen to that right now. We're live at Hoover, Alabama for SEC Media Days. Brandon Adams, along with Dog Nation's Mike Griffith, for those of you watching on video. Mike's decked out. He looks great in his suit. Very senatorial. He's even got the red, white, and blue color scheme. I'm a little more casual. I actually just got here not too long ago, so uh, I look like I'm essentially Mike's son, and he's chaperoning me around here for Hoover, Alabama. But nonetheless, Georgia does have its day at SEC Media Days a little earlier. Mike, key takeaways here, obviously, I guess you'll begin with. A little bit of good news for Eric Gilbert, but maybe a little bit of... Eye-opening news on the injury front for Georgia there
3: as well. Yeah, I thought so, B.A. I mean, we we thought Eric Gilbert would be eligible. It sounds like he will be. Things moving along as expected. Obviously, a key player. You know, George Pickens goes out. Eric Gilbert comes in. We'll see what his contribution is like earlier in the year. And it could be even more key because today Kirby Smart discloses Dominic Blaylock not cleared yet. I wonder when that's gonna happen. Remember, he tore that ACL last August. Kiaris Jackson had a little cleanup procedure, arthroscopic, expected to be back out there for the start of fall camp. Marcus Rosemey, Jack Saint, sprained ankle in summer workouts, he's gonna be fine. Nicobe Dean back from the torn labrum, as well as MJ Sherman, promising prospect there. So I think the overall takeaway, Pickens working hard on schedule, et cetera, I, I was I was pleased with what I heard. I, there could have been more. I mean, there wasn't another injury that dropped, right? You always wonder about the offseason. So, to me, I, I thought it was overall good news, but it was an eye-opener to hear that Kiaris had had a surgical procedure.
0: In the case of this, it almost kind of reminds you of the conversation around Jermaine Burton during the spring that the headline sometimes makes the news sound worse than it is. I guess in the long run, Jackson may be fine. But, Mike, you know how this goes for Georgia fans. There's a little bit of a hold-your-breath moment because that receiver room for Georgia has just— just dealt with so many injuries. And this is a veteran guy that gave George a huge con- contribution at the beginning of last season. Yeah, and, and Demetrius
3: Robertson just went out the door. Not, not that I think D-Rob would have blown up and, and had 50 catches and 700 yards, but I think he would have been a 25. He certainly was a good alternative to Kiaris-Jackson. You know, Aaron Smith still learning the playbook a little bit, run track this spring. But man, you know, that 4-2-3-40 uh, travels, are they going to use them in slot? Are they going to use them outside? There's some questions. There's some depth there. There's a lot of talent. But to your point, and Kirby said it today, They need that receiver room to stay healthy this season, Brandon.
0: I want to talk to you about the two players that were here with Georgia on Tuesday, JT Daniels, Jordan Davis. Before that, let me squeeze one thing in and let me be a fan here just for a moment. I actually really like the tone that's been established by Georgia here on this Tuesday and think about what Dan Mullen for Florida said this past Monday, where, you know, you know, Mullen kind of embracing the idea of, well, nobody picked us when the SECs last year. A lot of Georgia fans take that as a nod of, hey, maybe we're about to come back and win the division again. Now we talked on yesterday's show that a lot of what Mullen said turns out not to be quite true, but Contrasting that, Kirby Smart in one of the rooms today where he was giving a press conference talked about that feeling that sticks with Georgia after having not won the SEC East a year ago. And obviously the the pain of that's not something as a Georgia fan that I like, but the fact that knowing that you had to watch the SEC championship game on TV last year, I do, if if you're a Georgia fan, and I am, I I do like that little bit of extra edge for UGA, and I hope that can be used as fuel coming into the upcoming season.
3: Well, absolutely. You know, you go back to 2017, B.A., and in every game, Georgia had been in championship consideration in every single regular season game until they lost to Florida. That's when they lost control of their destiny, and that's a helpless feeling, and and Kirby says to those guys, hey, you want to control what you can control, right? I think that probably played into the vaccination. You know, Georgia over 85%. Look, these guys don't. Don't want forfeits they don't want guys sitting out with COVID protocol it almost cost them against cincinnati jermaine burton a little rusty lewis didn't look like himself you know because they'd missed some time so i think a lot of that shows the commitment that this georgia team has in the focus and to your point you know you don't forget losses like that it took a lot to go wrong for georgia to lose to florida last year it really did it wasn't just one thing two thing you had a lot of guys out injuries in game you know plays But I think Kirby Smart has these guys sold on controlling what they can
0: control. And they are talking and thinking about a championship. They make no bones about that. One of the things that we've talked about a lot on our show over the course of the last few days, the fact that so few quarterbacks were coming to SEC Media Days here in 2021. JT Daniels, one of the few. And with that in mind, you know, Daniels casting the presence on Tuesday of a great looking suit, kind of a cool looking haircut, the entire package, you know, for someone who's obviously, we're in the name image likeness era. And so how you cast your image and likeness clearly matters. And I thought Daniels did a great job of projecting that on Tuesday. He's obviously great with the words that he uses. Clearly smart. has got some excitement about coaching him this season and bringing him back as you know a a consistent starting quarterback based on what he did last year but i thought daniels really cast an impressive shadow with the way that he handled himself on tuesday it could have been even better jt wanted to wear the turtleneck
3: can you imagine JT with the turtleneck and the Connors over there wincing right now? JT with the turtleneck. I mean, but that's but that's JT. And they said, no, this is a tie event. So JT wanted to wear the turtleneck. I, w- I would have loved to have seen a little Broadway Joe and JT Daniels, perhaps. But you're right. He came across really well. Uh, I thought he was confident to the point. I don't think he overdid it. I don't think he uh, tried to be somebody that he wasn't. He was just in control, uh, had very good answers to the questions, very complimentary of his current teammates and Demetrius Robertson by the way when he was asked about that so I thought he served as a very good representative for Georgia Day I think that's part of the reason why Kirby was so relaxed because he brought two guys with him that he genuinely likes and trusts and knows will represent the Georgia Bulldogs well
0: and this is one thing we've also talked about as well is that it may seem like a no-brainer that Smart would bring Daniels just given his, his role on this team but that has not always been frankly most years since Smart's been Georgia coach that really hasn't been the way that he's gone about his business Smart at times seems to go out of his way to bring a quarterback to SEC medias and at times maybe he goes out of his way to even want to talk about his quarterbacks. Obviously, you know, Smart likes controlling the narrative, doesn't like having the narrative formed around him. But today, at least to my ears and eyes, it certainly didn't seem like Smart was shying away from speaking about Daniels, and doesn't seem like there was any reason for hesitation as far as bringing Daniels to this big stage and kind of putting him out there as really sort of the forefront of this program right now. Well, let's face it. The national media has beat Kirby Smart up on quarterbacks. You know,
3: there's still people that don't understand why Jake Fromm played ahead of Justin Fields in 2018, and that's a discussion some people will have forever. Uh, but if you want to change that image, man, then you need to make decisions and, and that are going to do that and bring in your quarterbacks quarterback here and putting him on the stage and letting him throw between 30 and 40 passes every game and putting up you want to change the perception you got to be active with it also i think it shows how effective that kirby smart is in the portal it's like hey you know come transfer to georgia you take care of business we'll bring you here you know you got a three star guy that you developed from charlotte a fantastic defensive player and you've got the high profile five star guy from california at georgia i mean i think it was a pretty good commercial
0: Well, speaking of Jordan Davis, he's just one of the most engaging personalities you can ever have. In a lot of ways, he's he's very different than Daniels. You know, Daniels projects a certain kind of coolness. I think Davis is cool in his own right, but Davis is one of those guys that just seems to be a super fun-loving guy. You know, I like Davis. What I see from him on the sidelines, and, and just kind of the way in which he seems to love the game, love his time at the University of Georgia. And there's no doubt, you know, coming back for that final year as Smart has alluded to, getting a chance to play in front of his hometown crowd at the season opener against Clemson. Obviously, everything he has in store after that. I know you made a little bit of a, uh, of a remark this week about the fact that Davis was not listed on the USA Today first-team All-SEC list. And you know, listen, I, I think the Davis has a real chance over the course of the season. Any doubters that he might have, I think he's got a real chance to prove them wrong. And you'll like this, B.A. I also asked him about sacks.
3: And he said he does want to take care of that number, but he said really he's about taking care of the linebackers first. Very unselfish and a very genuine guy. And I think that's what we all love about Jordan. We've watched him grow up. I'll never forget when you told me you like that freshman Jordan Davis. I said, I don't know, B.A. We don't see him on the field much. You said keep an eye on him. And sure enough, he was really developed into a fantastic player. And and again, I, I thought he was fun and he had some fun comments today. He talked about, you know, JT Daniels in the Blazer and the California swag. He talked about being a basketball player. I mean, after all, his name is Jordan and he's from North Carolina. Uh, you know, says, it says he's still got it, obviously. And this game being in his hometown, it's special. It's almost poetic. A guy comes back for a senior year and gets to play a game like this in
0: Charlotte. It's something that he and his family will never forget. So at this point, when you and I are speaking, we're at the halfway point of SEC media days with more coaches and players to roll in on Wednesday and Thursday. When you look, at the rest of the league outside Georgia right now, what stands out to you? I thought that Shane Beamer actually handled his business pretty well in his SEC media day's debut on Monday. Today we saw another first-time coach, and Josh Heupel roll in. Lane Kiffin obviously brings a little bit of attention to him there as well. What else has stood out to you thus far? Obviously with Nick Saban and some of the big-name coaches still yet to come. Yeah, I know Counter Riley's going to have some good content on DogNation.com about Nick
3: Saban tomorrow. I can't wait to read it. Uh, I-, I thought Orgeron, uh, you know, commanded a presence. Look. You you, know, you talk about a program that's gotten beat up over the last year. There's been a lot of off-the-field stuff at LSU and a lot of question marks about the Bayou Bengals. But when they won the shoe game in Gainesville, like I just kind of felt like something changed. And had a chance to talk with Coach Orgeron and had a talk, chance to talk with Stingley. I, I like LSU. I, they're my dark horse in the West. I'm not ruling them. I like Max Johnson a lot. Uh, I, I, what he did against the Gators was very impressive. A coney County star, you know, anyone that got away, Mark Rick nephew. You know, you just kind of wonder. But I like LSU. So. I was impressed with that. I thought they were sneaky good, confident coming in and out. And Kiffin's comment today, I I don't know what to say. I mean, did he really say the commissioner took his son's college fund when he fined him? I thought that was quite ironic that here Greg Sankey tries to make a joke and Kiffin kind of turns it around and always entertaining uh, a guy, certainly. You know, Tennessee, I don't know. It's going to be hard for the big orange to get the buzz back you know Josh Heupel was a a great player at Oklahoma and I suppose he did decent at Central Florida but I just didn't feel all the energy from Tennessee that I'm a cousin you know that fan base is pretty resilient I
0: wonder if they can bounce back again Philip Nealon Stadium this year. We'll certainly find that out in the uh, days to come. Of course, the season on its way. SEC Media Days, one of those important ten polls you have to get around to get ready for all of that. Mike's got a lot more coverage coming for you from SEC Media Days, also uh, appearances ACC Media Days there as well, getting a chance to hear from Dabo Swinney, some of the Clemson players, and everything going on for that great season open for the Georgia Bulldogs. So uh, it's us here in Hoover, Alabama, having a great time, and of course, there's more Dog Nation Daily presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort on the way here as well. All right, so good stuff there from Mike Griffith live here from SEC Media Days in Hoover, Alabama, Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris, Cherokee Casino Resort. Something that I did not talk to Mike Griffith about in that interview just heard, but I do want to take a moment to mention. There was a little bit of, and I use this in very lowercase letters, there was a little bit of controversy yesterday regarding Georgia, Kirby Smart, and his relationship with the hip-hop artist Quavo from Migos. And one point in time, Jordan Davis, who's nothing if not honest, was talking about Kirby and Quavo texting back and forth, but Davis let it slip that he didn't think Smart actually knew any of uh, Migo's songs. Didn't think, you know, he would have been able to talk about a Quavo song. And at one point in one of the media rooms yesterday, Smart was asked that question directly. When I tell you it was one of the smoothest non-answers of all time, talking a bunch about Quavo and talking about their relationship, and then just sliding right on to the next question – without actually having to reveal if he knew one of Quavo's songs or not. The truth is, song titles are sort of a hard thing for people to know anyway, so there's a chance he may know Quavo's music without actually knowing the, the, the title that's there. But here's the one thing I want to say in defense of Kirby Smart on this, and as you might imagine, I know who Quavo is now because he's been around the program. He was around the program a lot in 2017 when they were making the run of the college football playoff. Plus, he's a big Hawks fan. He's just kind of a fixture in the Atlanta area. Uh, But as you might imagine, I I, I don't know any of Migo's songs either. I I couldn't tell you any. But I'm going to defend Kirby Smart in this regard. I think it's fairly obvious that Smart's relationship with Quavo, and Conor Riley's my producer, I'm going to see if I can get a nod from him on this in agreement. It's fairly obvious that Smart's relationship with Quavo is a lot more authentic. Have you seen Dan Mullen trying to pal around? Is it Kodak Black? Is that the uh, hip-hop artist who's a Florida fan? You may know Kodak Black because he's the one the other day was pouring a hundred thousand dollars into the Atlantic Ocean, or whatever he's doing. When you've seen Kodak Black spending time around the Florida program, it's fairly obvious that Dan Mullen has no idea who that is. Mullen looks just as awkward trying to interact with him as he does with anybody else. Uh, In comparison to that, it's fairly clear that Smart and, and Quavo are much more genuine friends than Dan Mullen is with Kodak Black. Uh, I would think that's fairly obvious, and Connor kind of agrees with me on that. So whether he knows one of his song titles or not, uh, at this point in time, Quavo is deeply entrenched in the current, you know, uh, lexicon of uh, Georgia football. So I'll defend Kirby Smart on that a little bit. I'll also give you a little bit of a look ahead to everything else that's happening at SEC Media Days today. Uh, No idea if Nick Saban will be asked any hip-hop-related questions, but there is one question we know he'll be asked. I'll give you my thoughts on that coming up in a moment. Before that, though, let me remind you that you still have a little bit of time left to go to dognation.com and nominate a child that you know, your own child, whoever else, for our Kroger Five Star Kids promotion right now. This is an incredible giveaway. We've got 50 of those Kroger Dog Nation Five Star Kids t-shirts that we're going to give away randomly, but also we're going to select five winners to be our Dog Nation Kroger Five Star Kid. And and the collection of gift cards you get for this, I want to read this to make sure I get all these. This is an unbelievable giveaway. Uh, Prize pack, they call it in the industry. Uh, $100 to Kroger, $50 to Domino's. $50 $50 to Amazon, uh, $50 to Dick Sporting Goods. It's $250 worth of gift cards to some pretty big-time places there. That's what our Kroger 5-Star Kid is going to get. This is obviously kind of the follow-up to the great Kroger 5-Star Moms giveaway we did back in the spring for Mother's Day, and a lot of you said, hey, let's do something like this for kids there as well, because you want to honor your kid before he or she gets ready to go back to school for the upcoming year, I think this is a really good chance to be able to do that. So please check out dognation.com for more details, and if you're ready to, you can actually make your nomination by sending an email to info at dognation.com. You can find out a lot more about that. All right, coming up in just a couple of minutes' time, I'm going to let you hear a little bit more from George coach Kirby Smart, quarterback JT Daniels, and defensive tackle uh, Jordan Davis on on one of the hot topics yesterday when Georgia coaches and players met with the media, that's the season opening game against Clemson, and the Georgia contingent was very careful to kind of walk along parallel tracks. On the one hand, it would be foolish not to acknowledge the stature of the game, just how big it is and how excited everyone is for it, but parallel to that, you've also got to kind of, once again, not get too high. Uh, heading into it and as smart's going to tell you in a moment not too low if the game doesn't go the way that you want it to go so we'll let you hear from from the Georgia players and Smart himself on that topic in just a moment. Before that, let me kind of do an impromptu version of our SEC through with a little bit of a preview of day three here at SEC Media Days. And I'm imagining one of the biggest stories that's going to be touched on today, and it's being actually probably even being touched on right now with Alabama in the building, Nick Saban, something that Saban said yesterday, meeting with, a, was it like a quarterbacks club in Texas or something along those lines? Meeting with uh, someone like that, touchdown club, something along those lines letting it slip, and I use that euphemistically because obviously Saban said this intentionally, that his you know, presumed starting quarterback for the upcoming season, Bryce Young, is on his way to approaching seven figures' worth of name, image, likeness money now that those laws and policies are in place. And for a couple of seconds, I'm going to come across as a hater here, and frankly, I really don't care. Uh, I simply find this very difficult to believe. I am quite skeptical of this, just on the basis of the deals that have been announced thus far for Young. Uh, I mean, we have, I guess, what a uh, endorsement deal that he signed with a company called Cash App. But beyond that, we don't really have a lot of, you know, uh, noted deals in place. He's got a management company, obviously, that's representing him here. But in terms of what's actually in place, there's very little that, that that seems to have been announced for Bryce Young when it comes to these endorsement deals. If this ends up being one of those moments in which young's representatives the the agents that are repping him have told saban we believe that he could make up to this kind of money and Sabin then ran with it and saying that's what you know bryce young's got on the, the books then the media that ran with this yesterday and treated this as an absolute verifiable fact i think they're going to have a lot of egg on their faces and frankly i think they ought to apologize for that because this is the kind of thing that does impact team chemistry i have said before that I don't think the various players within a, a locker room, UGA included, are going to care that much about which player is making what money and this player is making that much money. And this player is not making quite that much money. I think players, for the most part, are fairly comfortable with the hierarchy within their own locker room. I don't think that's the kind of thing that they make too big of a deal about. I think they've made peace with that before. But there's a certain rumor mill that kind of you know takes place here, and if it is you know made known or if, if it gets into the rumor mill that you the Alabama quarterback's making a million dollars. Uh, that's the kind of thing that could impact, uh, you know, other teams and their chemistry. Now, if it's true, there's nothing you can do about it. But if this is the kind of thing that Saban, you know, kind of ran with, you know, there, there's a certain degree of puffery that's allowed in advertisements, things like that. You know, there, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, you know, what's the line from the movie Elf, like world's greatest cup of coffee? Even if that's a lie, there's a certain kind of puffery that's uh, tolerated when it comes to stuff like that. But if you're actually just fabricating something and making something up out of whole cloth, that's the kind of thing that other SEC schools are hearing about and making the job of those other SEC coaches more difficult. And that's the kind of thing I think the media ought to have a reckoning with, running with some figure because it sounds like a good headline without anything to verify if it's true, knowing sabin has got every motivation possible to exaggerate all of this. To me, that's the kind of thing that matters. And listen, if Bryce Young can make seven figures on the name image likeness stuff, then who am I to stand in the way of that? But folks, I mean, let's have a little bit of common sense here that... If Young was heading towards that kind of money, that kind of endorsement deal, then wouldn't you have already heard some sort of example of this? The idea that it would be kept a secret. I mean, the whole point of making money off your name, image, likeness is you lend your name, image, likeness to another company so they can utilize that for their own growth. This is not the kind of thing you're going to be able to keep a secret necessarily. So I thought it was a bad day for the media with the way in which this story was pushed yesterday if it's true then let's find some verification of that let's see some facts behind that and who knows maybe Nick Saban the Alabama players or that are here at SEC media days will be able to provide some of that but just at face value i thought it was a little bit of a bad look for just how 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 you know easily the the folks that reported this yesterday were to be convinced that what Saban was saying was the uh, gospel truth. Obviously, it will be a big day, though, for Bama when they're here. Uh, A lot of folks looking in on the reigning national champions there in that regard. Also, other SEC programs on hand for the day there as well. Uh, Vanderbilt's here, Mississippi State's here. It's Mike Leach's SEC uh, Media Day's debut after not having the event a year ago. Clark Lee's also here there as well. Although if Clark Lee walked right by me right now, the Vanderbilt coach, I'm not quite sure I'd even recognize him, know what he looks like, so I'm not really sure that Lee's presence means all that much. It is somewhat interesting, though, that uh, Texas A&M coach Jimbo Fisher's on hand today there as well. And this is one of those things where I think the SEC has kind of lost something and how geographically it has expanded since 2012 in Missouri and A&M are brought into the league I mean I just think it's objectively true that Texas AM and m looms as the biggest threat to Alabama here this year but College Station Texas is so far removed from the geographic and spiritual epicenter of this league you almost wonder if Fisher takes the same kinds of questions on that as he would if it was a LSU or an Auburn or a team like that that was thought to be nipping on Alabama's heels in the SEC West I think there are a lot of folks who cover the other schools in this league that are just geographically more centered towards the eastern part of the country the southeastern part of the country that I I don't know that A&M and its status as a top 10 team and a team that's you know, uh, grown its recruiting stature and made a big push to certainly not yet be Alabama's equal, but have a chance to to beat the Crimson Tide and, and really had a strong argument a year ago to have been included in the college football playoff. I don't know that quite has the same resonance with the other media that covers this league as it would if it was one of the teams that were a little bit more traditional to the SEC longstanding or within that Southeastern footprint. But obviously the Aggies itself, uh, they bring a huge media contingent and no doubt they'll be talking about that. So the The chances that Jimbo Fisher could make that push to be the first former Saban assistant to beat his old boss and Nick Saban, the bomb that he dropped yesterday. But the big name image likeness revenue that he says somewhat speciously, I would claim. But Saban says that Bryce Young's already collecting. uh, Those will be hot topics here on this Wednesday of sec media days to turn our attention now back fully to the georgia bulldogs for a moment here on dog nation daily presented by harris cherokee casino resort one of the hot topics yesterday when georgia spoke at sec media days was the big season opening game coming up on september 4th against clemson this is true for all the dogs but maybe most so jordan davis who obviously has come back to georgia for a senior season and looks to that game against clemson because of where the game is taking place. Here's a little more on the dogs from yesterday on Dog Nation Daily presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. One of the most anticipated games of the 2021 season is Georgia's season opener versus Clemson. This is true for media fans and even the players who will play in the game But, but perhaps none more so than Georgia nose guard Jordan Davis who also views the game as a homecoming back to the city where he grew up in Charlotte North Carolina definitely exciting
2: you know it's a big buzz around the city you know I go home for the past couple weeks it's really exciting you know the team is really excited fired up and it's even a more intense feeling when you're from Charlotte it's a lot on your shoulders you have a lot to prove you want to show the city what you can do and you know I'm a product of the city so I rep it hard so You know, I just want to make sure I do my best out there.
0: Yeah, for all the excitement that exists around the game, Georgia quarterback JT Daniels quick to remind you that it's also important to keep everything in perspective.
2: In terms of that game being as big as it is, like, yeah, it's a national TV game. It's a 7.30 kickoff. It's a a big deal. I think it's important for us to as good as Clemson is to not look at them as any different from any other opponent. At the end of the day, we're going there, we're playing football, that's what we do. And there's a lot of really talented, really good football players. I think they have a great coaching staff, strong schemes on both sides of the ball, but uh, football is football. And we gotta go out and play our game like we would against any other team that we will play for the rest of the season after that.
0: The sentiment expressed by Daniels there is one that
2: Davis certainly would acknowledge as well. Just wanna make sure that I stay grounded, not get too high, get too low. You know, it's a lot of buzz, but at the end of the day, football is a game. We've got to play it. That's how I approach things during the season. You know, it's a game we got to win. It doesn't matter who we play. But Clemson and Georgia, they have this narrative that, you know, two powerhouses,
0: one, you know, is make or break. But, you know, we just go out there and play our game. And, of course, for Georgia coach Kirby Smart, who's seen these kinds of games before, he knows the stakes are certainly high, and yet he also knows that after The week one game against Clemson, there's still plenty of football to be played beyond that as well. I think the
1: first game can be what you want it to be. You can use it as a springboard. You can use it as a learning experience. You know, the outcome is probably going to dictate how you use that game. But neither team will be in the playoffs or out of the playoffs based on the outcome of the game. It's a lot more important what you do and how you manage the success from that game or the
0: I don't think there's any doubt that attention is currency around college football. When you come to an event like SEC Media Days, you see that for yourself. And when you see and hear all the questions yesterday in regards to Georgia's game against Clemson, you understand why season openers like that are so important, because it does put the spotlight where Kirby Smart wants it to be nationally on his program and one of the most anticipated season opening games in college football history and certainly big for Davis because he goes back to his hometown of Charlotte and big for the rest of all these dogs there as well. As we get ready to wrap up today, let me say a quick thanks to my friends at Pella Window and Door of Georgia. Check them out for Energy Efficient Windows and Doors, nationally known company, locally owned branch in Georgia, great service, unparalleled resources, also great savings there as well. You can currently replace all your windows with payments as low as $99 a month. That's based on a $10,000 purchase at 84 months, if you qualify. A couple of very easy ways to get in touch, just simply check them out, pellaofgacom slash dognation. That's the website, pellaofgacom slash dognation. Or give them a call, 678-638-1496. That's 678-638-1496. We'll have some of your comments here coming up in a moment for our video and podcast. Before that, though, let's do our golden shoe. That's our gator-hater roll call here on the program. I thought Seth Rhodes had a very funny tweet We joke all the time that if you make a Star Wars reference, you can go right to the front of the line for Golden Shoe stuff because I do love Star Wars. And he kind of gives you the side-by-side comparison, uh, much like our buddy Mad Dog did yesterday, of the Vader on the one side. That's Dan Mullen, how he envisioned himself last year at the Missouri game, but also Rick Moranis from Spaceballs on the other. That may be a little bit more in keeping with what Mullen actually is. I thought that was really funny from Seth Rhodes. And as I said the other day, kind of weird when when – uh, Mullen faced those Darth Vader Star Wars questions when he made his SEC Media Days appearance. It almost seemed like he had very little idea about the Star Wars canon. <laughs> he didn't seem to know much about the movies, which makes you wonder why he dressed like Darth Vader when he did. But nonetheless, very funny from Seth Rhodes, a very deserving golden shoe here today. And of course, as we say goodbye, the SEC Media Days event makes us think the season's getting close, and as the season's getting closer, That means that the big showdown against the Florida Gators on October 30th, that looms closer there as well. Our Gator Hater Countdown just 101 days from now. We think the dogs get some revenge against those lousy, stinking gators, and we can't wait for that to happen. Thanks for being with us here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Harris Cherokee Casino Resort. We'll see you back tomorrow again from our Dog Nation World Headquarters studios tomorrow.